I'm all for like regular hatred, but when it has no purpose, like if it's nobody that actually screwed you over or right. like was like a total a hole to you or something like that, like like I'm I'm all for hating people for their merits, for the things that they have actually done to me. to Comedian Ordinaire. My name is Dan. Oh, this is episode 40. Wow, we've done 40 of these. That's pretty cool. I don't know why 40 is more special than 39. I just like, you know when you hit a milestone and maybe it is just a milestone because there's a zero. Um, but hey, 40 of them. That's pretty cool. Uh, this is the world's most okay podcast where I interview comedians here in the city, the city being Denver. I pick their brain about stand-up comedy and who they are, you know, where they came from, why they chose to get into comedy, and then how they do it exactly. We get into all of that on this podcast here, um, you know, and I learn a lot every time I sit down and talk to these people, so I'm sure you're going to learn something too, even if you're just interested in comedy as a thing. There's a lot here. I mean, all these comedians have so much to say. Uh, today's guest, no exception. Uh, before we get into that, though, if you would like to support the podcast, you can do so by telling people. You have to tell people. I don't know how much I can emphasize this. You just got to tell them. You know how people only care about things that you tell them? 
I mean, it's not all the time, but they only care about things that you tell them. So make sure that this is one of those things. I don't know. Tell your boss. Um, if you want to put your two weeks notice in somewhere, like slip it in that you listen to this podcast. And maybe that's the reason. And they'll be like, really? You're quitting because of that? I don't even. That doesn't make any sense. And it'll make them think about it. And then maybe they'll go and listen to it. Um so you have to tell people. That's really it. Um, there are also a, a million other ways that you can support the podcast. And, you know, so far we've talked about a fan who has kidnapped a family and then they put the podcast on loop. And that was really good for the numbers. Um, the listening numbers, not the numbers of whatever race that family was, because I'm sure that was detrimental to, the, to that number. We talked about somebody starting a Facebook ad campaign and then funding it entirely on their own. Um, you know, so shout out to those people who supported it. And we talked about somebody who went to Kinko's. Is that what that is? The poster printing company. And they didn't make a poster, but they made a cardboard sign and stood right outside of my house and pointed the sign at my house like, hey, that's where he lives. Um, and that one was kind of, that one was the creepy one to me, but still very supportive. And I do appreciate that one. Again, there are just millions of ways that you can do it. You can get a tattoo if you want. Although the logo, the podcast art might be changing soon. Ooh, teaser. Yeah, it might be changing. So if you're going to get a tattoo, wait like maybe two weeks and then get that tatted because you don't want the old logo. Or maybe you do, maybe you do, and then people will be like, hey, but that's, you know, that's incorrect. Then you'll be like, well, I'm an OG, I'm a true fan. I was before the 40th episode. So millions of ways to support it. Anyways, today's guest, Justin Latham. Justin was kind enough to sit down and have a chat with me in front of, I don't know, there was so many people just walking around. So we went to this building called WeWork, and... I had never been in a building like this, but apparently people pay to use this building as a workspace. Think of it as like um, like a premium library, but with no books. Uh, you don't check anything out, but you go there and they have kitchens and elevators and booths. Wild stuff. You know, I walked in and there was like just a bunch of millennials hanging around drinking almond milk there was more almond milk in the fridge in the kitchen than there was half and half creamer so i was like holy shit this is this is marketed towards 20 sums and um and 30 sums as well and just what a place to to walk into and to record a podcast and we sat down and you know i was getting set up and right at that moment that i was about to say hey welcome the fire alarm went off and we had to evacuate the building and you know you might hear a little bit of chatter towards the beginning as people are going back into the building um, and it was funny you know we were standing outside waiting for this alarm to go and just whatever be done with and some guy walking out of the building kind of in a hurry was like oh you guys can go inside by the way. And I was like, I don't know if I should trust him. Like, he was leaving in kind of a hurry. And then, you know, he is like, yeah, go back in. Go fuck yourself and die. And uh, and we listened to him. And we went back in. And 
we didn't die. Anyways, uh, it was just a another unique recording experience, man. I, you know, we've done a couple of these in front of people, and they're always curious. They're always looking, and we were just, you know, we said, fuck it, we ball, and we did it. So, anyways, uh, that was a little bit of a tangent. But without further ado, I mean, I hope you don't mind people looking the entire time. Um <laughs> Because that's what we're about to do. Today's guest, Justin Latham. Justin has been performing comedy <sighs> off and on for about six years. Uh, his Instagram thinks he may be gay. And he once almost <laughs> pretended to have the coronavirus in a sauna. Justin, <laughs> welcome. Well, I thought about pretending that I had the coronavirus. You thought about it. You were almost there. Uh, but actually in this building, <laughs> in uh. the elevator, I uh, I played a joke with my boss, and I was like, hey, how was your flight back from Shanghai? And and everybody got really uncomfortable in the elevator, so I, I was still able to get the joke out, just not yeah. in a sauna. How did people react in an elevator? Um, like, you kind of get, like, these looks, like, like a quick side eye, for real? and then I I had to let out, like, my jovialness because mm. to un, untensify the uh, situation. Right. No one sneezed in the elevator. <laughs> well, my boss was like, yeah, it was a great flight. <coughs> Um, that's amazing. All right. Well, let's just get right into it, man. I got a lot of questions. First of all, where are you from? Uh, I'm originally, so I was born in Washington, mm. did most of my growing up in Arizona. Mm. Uh, when I turned 18, I went and traveled all around the country, ended up back in Arizona and moved to Colorado, uh, four years ago. So, <laughs> so you I've traveled been, all over the country? Yep. Why? Yep. Um, I got a job in my freshman year of college. And uh, it was where I'd go and work someplace for like during the summers. And then it turned from just the summers to, you know, six months at a time in different places all around. Mm. And so I got to see everything and like get to immerse myself in like different kinds of people. Yeah. I was doing uh, residential security alarm installations. Whoa. Um, yeah. It's, it's like totally random. I just happened to know a guy who yeah. I went to high school with who was like a senior when I was a freshman. Nice. And just hit me up one day and I was like sure yeah. <laughs> what kind of place like so I worked in Bakersfield California Los okay. Angeles California um, the Bay Area California uh -huh. uh, all over Texas um, upstate New York Connecticut Jeez. Rhode Island Whoa. Georgia Maryland like I, I literally was all over the place, mostly coastal. Now that I think about it, like okay. other than Texas, that was kind of like the only place like in the middle of the country. Yeah. And the company that I worked for was based in Utah, so I did a lot of trips out to Utah. Mm. Um, but other than that, like just living on the coast for six months at a time oh. and working my ass off, making a lot of money at a really young age. Yeah. <laughs> Once you realize that you're just like I was making so much money at that time. I make I was making. The same, if not more, that I'm making now, which I'm making okay money right now for, okay. for a 30-year-old. But when you're 20 mm. and 21 yeah. and you're making that kind of money and, and then you have nothing to show for it. Oh, I was going to ask. Did you put any of it away? No, not even Bitcoin? a little bit. Nothing. No. No, I just, I just you know, every every place we went was like a super fancy restaurant that we didn't belong at. Yeah. And <laughs> strip clubs and uh, bars. and just, there, That'll do it. Yeah, it's just. It was crazy. Well, shout out to those strip clubs. <laughs> hey, we were we were helping young ladies get through <laughs> community college. Nursing school. It was um, it was what, a scholarship actually. <laughs> what kind of kid were you growing up? Oh man, I was. Oh, what kind of kid was I when I was growing up? 
Like you a shy kid, you introverted, funny. So it's it's really weird. I was homeschooled until I was in fifth grade. Oh. And so like I always had this like really outgoing person inside mm-hmm. of me that just wanted to get out. Yeah. And it didn't happen until I was like ten years old. And at that time I didn't really learn how to do it. You know what I mean? Like you learn how to be an outgoing person right. in those like kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade years. And I just didn't have that. I had my mom who was my teacher at that time and now is an actual teacher. Mm. So, you know, I still learned things, but just, oh, social cues, like I didn't, I didn't have you them didn't until I was, like I was fifth grade was my first time. And like, you know, when you're in fifth grade, you pull the girl's pigtails. Sure. Like I pulled the girl's pigtails and then spit on her. Because oh, nobody far. told me not to. Yeah, just one action too far. <laughs> yeah, just one too far. She was like, I think he likes me. No, I think he's <laughs> no, gonna murder He me. hates me so much. <laughs> I don't like that guy. And so that so it I had to learn all of these things in the span of, you know, three years at three different schools. Yeah. And then I, I found myself in Arizona when I was entering like middle school, like seventh grade, and then I finally like picked up everything. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I know what to do now. Whoa. And uh, it was, <laughs> this is bringing up uh, old, old hurtful memories. Beautiful. So when I was, when I was hitting that seventh grade age, mm-hmm. um, at the school that I was at, that's when you could play tackle football, seventh grade. And so yeah. I, I busted my ass, like going up to that. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get there. I'm going to start playing tackle football. It's going to be great. Mm. No more flag football. And then I moved to middle of nowhere, Arizona where there's no middle school football. Uh. <laughs> and so that was taken away from me. And so, damn, but you know, I, I built those social skills at yeah. that point And it just, I became the over the top, like, you know, ever, since then I've always been compared, like not, not in greatness, uh. but people will go, Oh, he's like Chris Farley. <laughs> ah, okay. um, and I take that as a huge compliment, Yeah, for, but yeah. I also take it with an extreme grain of salt because I know I'm nowhere near the comedic genius that he will yeah, ever does that be. Does that mean you're going to die early too? Or? Um, well, I, I'm 30 now. Yeah, we almost died we were, we were talking, <laughs> we were talking earlier, like last month. Ah. I thought I was dying. Oh yeah. Turns out not dying, just diabetic. So, whoa, you just found that out. Just found that out. That's huge. It's it is really huge, and it's it's kind of affected my comedy in a sense. Yeah. Because I'm now nervous to go to Mike's because I can only the medication I'm on. I'm only allowed two drinks, mm-hmm. or else I could die. Like there's the, it's something something acidosis. Sure. If I drink while on this medication or drink too much while on this medication, wow. Yeah, you know, it can it can be really bad, and so I'm not a, like a huge drinker, but I'm a social back, drinker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, like I've never done, I've never gone on stage, like totally sober. Oh. Now that I think about it. It's like, I got that, I got that little fear yeah. now and I'm, I'm getting ready to beat that fear up, but oh, it's you gonna know, make you so much sharper though. Yeah. That I'm, I'm noticing that just in like my day to day of like every Sunday, not waking up with a huge headache. Yeah. That's huge. <laughs> that's huge. It's really good. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. That's a huge thing to find out about yourself. Um, I'm going to throw in some random questions as well. Like, have you ever stolen anything? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I used to be a, a real klepto. You were a real klepto. I was a real klepto. Yeah. Uh, I would steal, like, all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, I was obviously the kid. You know, you steal a candy bar from the store. Easy. Yeah. Parents catch you. You got to go back. Mm-hmm. 
give it back and then give like five times the amount of money for some reason, even though they're not going to do anything with that money because they legally can't take they it because they're yeah, they can't. <laughs> like learning these things. Like when I, when I started working at a grocery store, when I was, uh, when I was 16 that I stole a lot from, um, <laughs> what was the name of it and where was it at? It was, uh, it was, um, it was, let's call it, uh, not dangerous way. All right. Oh, that's so well said. Okay. And, um, I mean, it was it was this is back in early two thousands in a podunk sure. town. Yeah, they didn't have cameras in the place. It was legal back then. It was too. basically legal. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you know, it was it was my way of getting benefits because they didn't pay for medical or <laughs> dental or vision. I had to get something out of it. Yeah, <laughs> and my five twenty five an hour. So what kind of things were you stealing? Like water bottles, movies, 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 they sold movies there, movies. Yeah, or they would, used to rent them. No, mm, they might have used to rent them, okay. but not. Not while I was there. Ah. It was like whenever the big new release would come out, like if it was today, like you'd see Avengers Endgame, mm. like it would be right on the way out of the store. Uh-huh. And it was just perfect to just right. So you're stealing like shove a shallow under the house. yeah, okay. exactly, exactly. I, only only Jack Black movies. Those are the only <laughs> things I would steal. Uh, did comedy interest you as a kid? You know what? It did. It did. Like, I remember, I don't know why I remember this, but I remember specifically why. I don't know who it was. Mm. It was clearly a hack comedian. Like, he wasn't good. Okay. But I remember watching him, and he did, like, the Pratt Falls. He did, like, the, he would go to take a drink of his water and clink his ring on it. Like, he hit his yeah, tooth. and like I, I remember going, oh, I, I like that he's making people laugh. Like, I wasn't personally laughing at it, but I, I liked that he was making people laugh. Do you remember his name? No, mm. I, he was he he was very Jim Carrey esque in the face, but it okay. wasn't Jim Carrey. No, um, but it was it was at that time that I was like, that'd be cool. And then I didn't I didn't know then that it was a actual thing that people did. Yeah, I thought job. it was like I thought it was like you know I go work the mill yeah. until five, and then I go <laughs> I go to this random place where people watch me perform. I thought it was like kind of like community theater essentially. Ah. Um, and so. Yeah, it wasn't until much after, like that, I realized that people did it for a living. Like people, like um, I mean, not a lot of people use these people as uh, examples for who you know made them realize that oh, comedian's a job. Yeah. But uh, Bill Engvall, like I remember, Ingvall. I remember his shout out Bill. What, what did he? What was his line? It wasn't you might be a redneck. It was uh, here's your sign. Here's your sign. It's like whenever whenever somebody did something stupid, here's your sign. Like it was it's simple. And people could get behind it because it was—it's like you know the Andrew Dice Clay of it, being able to repeat it, mm-hmm. um, and like the the people are able to be a part of the show. Yeah. And you know, I was like, oh, that's so cool. But like, it, it didn't really click that. Oh, this is what this guy does. Like, right. he does this. Like, he gets to make people laugh for a living. Mm. It wasn't until I was you know well over eighteen and I started listening to like the Joe Rogan podcast. Okay. Where I was like, wait, the Fear Factor guy is a comedian. So yeah. Fear Factor Fear Factor was just a side gig for him. Mm-hmm. And then realizing that there was so much to it, you find out, like, I mean, like I said, I was super fresh to it. But, like, learning about the Joey Diaz to be like, oh, Joey Diaz, the guy from The Longest Yard, the fat yeah. guy from The Longest Yard is just one of the funniest people on the planet. He's nasty, too. And, <laughs> and you know, l- learning about, you know, the Ari Shafirs, the, I mean, even Tom Papa. Okay. Um, you know, learning that this was a, this was an option, and I'm like, shit, I'm 23 and married, and 
I didn't know this was an option. Don't get me wrong. I love my wife. I love my yeah. wife. We got married early. I was going to ask. You were married at <laughs> I, I got married when I was 23, and it, it was right around that same time, so about seven, eight years ago that I started listening to Rogan's podcast. Wow. Um, but, yeah, 23, I got married, 30 now, so we've been together for seven years of marriage, uh-huh. eight years of dating. Wow. Um, but, you know, if, if somebody would have been like, hey, this is a career choice, you know, maybe I would have pushed a little harder to move to, to Los Angeles. Earlier, <laughs> yeah. Right? So you're interested in comedy. You got these different influences kind of coming into your life. How do you get to performing for the first time? What What is that story? Uh, so it was it was 2015. Uh-huh. And uh, I just, you know, you, you get this feeling that you're supposed to be doing something more. I mean, I I was I hated my job. I hated what I was doing at the time. At the time, I think I was, um, I was working for Comcast. Okay. As a cable installer, and oh, I hated it. I hated it. You would drive around and install. I would drive around, install, and I I lived an hour and a half away from the area that Comcast service. So I didn't even get the benefit of having Comcast in my house and getting high speed internet. Jeez. I lived in I lived. You know, did I, my internet speed at that time was 1.5 megabits per second. <laughs> it, was, it was real yeah, high tech for my area, real high tech. Um, and I just, you know, I was I was beat down. I I started having like these anxiety attacks and like mm. these these panic attacks of like, I think that the the panic was coming from like, oh my god, this is it. Yeah. Like this is this is all I have. The only thing that I truly love is my wife. But that's it. Wow. Like, I didn't even love myself at that point. <laughs> Not even Jack Black movies. <laughs> Not even Jack Black movies would make me love myself. God damn. And I just, I knew that there was something that I was supposed to be doing. And I just, you know, there's there's always things that you know you're supposed to be doing that you ignore. Yeah, that's right. Like, right now I'm in the process of getting back in the gym and, like, doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing physically for my, my health. Mm-hmm. And I've known for a long time that this is something that I've been needing to do. I've just yeah. been pushing it off. And it's like I was pushing off performing for this long period of time because I don't know why, <laughs> but it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was calling to me and I ignored it for a long time. And then one day I was like, all right, I'm going, I'm going to that, that one club in Tucson, Arizona wow. that has the open mic. I'm going to go. It's going to be great. I get there. List is full. Damn it. <laughs> and so I'd have to drive my van back to work go to my house and then go back to the club. And so like, it was always super hard to get there at the right time. Okay. And I remember I was able to do it once I was able to get there. There was only like 15 names on the list. I was like, yes. Wow. And so I got, I went in, I put my name on the list and you know, I didn't understand how people have like the same trains of thought. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I had this like great, great opening line okay. about, um, so to to set the stage, it was right when um, what was his name or her name, Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner. Uh huh. Okay. And so I went on the stage thinking I was so funny, so edgy. Hey, my name's Justin. I identify as an Asian woman. <laughs> and and I was like, so anything I did in my past life. As a man, like the time I killed those three people, can we please forget about that? <laughs> okay. Because it worked for Caitlyn Jenner. 
Nice. <laughs> nice. As like it was, yeah, you know, it was one of those that it took people a second. They're like, oh, this guy's dark, but also yeah, kind of funny. Immediately dark. Um, I remember getting laughs. Like I can't remember anything else that I did that night, like uh. on stage. But I just remember getting laughs, and I remember coming off the stage, seeing the light coming off the stage, and like I I walk in the green room, and the owner of the club said, "Good set, kid." I was like, Whoa, "Oh shit!" The owner of the club. <laughs> And, you know, he was like this grumpy old dude. Like, you know, for him to say good set and like welcome to the club, you know, it was really cool. That's awesome. And I then didn't get back on stage for like two years after that. That was my next question. How long does it take to go back the second time? Um, two years. Yeah, because, well, because it was right after that that I, you know, uh, the club closed down. Or something mm. that affected, like something happened where like the club got relocated or something. I can't remember entirely okay. off my head, um, but it took it took a while to get back up on stage again. Yeah, and then I did it again. Had a good time in Arizona. That one was in Arizona. Yeah, okay. it was at like a it was like a music slash open comedy open mic. Nice. Thing. So it was. Uh, I never want to do one of those again. Yeah, it could be brutal. It just like. There, people are there for one of the two things. They are never there for both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially when when you're you know a little bit of a darker comedian, yeah. which I'm not. I'm not like super dark, but I'm a little dark. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't even know if the the clips that I sent you if there was anything dark in those. Now I think you about talked it. about that you look like a Trump supporter, <laughs> which I think is really. It's funny. true. It's true. Yeah. I had I had like especially in the video because I have like the shaved side. Yeah. I got the hard part and everything. And you were wearing a Trump shirt too. <laughs> yeah, I was you know Trump twenty twenty all that good stuff. <laughs> I was like I'm, I don't support him. I don't know why everybody thinks I do. Were yeah. you nervous that first time? That oh, you went dude! Oh my God! Yeah. Really? Like just the, I, I still get it. I still, I have yeah. it right now. Like yeah, I just, I yeah. get this like, this jitteriness where it feels like I drink like ten coffees. Yep. Um. How did you prepare for that though? D- zero. You just didn't prepare. I didn't. You I didn't, didn't, I didn't prepare. I didn't, didn't write rehearse. anything. I, you know, f- I didn't. I didn't prepare anything. I just, I went up and I just winged it, wung it, wanged it. You jacked it, I think. <laughs> jacked it. Yeah, I jacked, jacked whacked it. Jacked the wing. Okay. <laughs> and you you won it, and still he said, "Good set, kid." Yeah, still still said, "Good set, kid." Maybe he was just trying to make sure I didn't go kill myself that night. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. <laughs> it's very possible. He probably thought he was especially like, oh, now I that come. I put like so much time into writing material. Yeah. And I, I go back. I'm like, why? What is this kid doing? Going do up with that? no. Like, I just, I literally, I guess I was just repeating the same thing over and over while I was driving my terrible work van. Okay. Looked like I was kidnapping children because, of yeah. course, it's a white van. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> That's but. the vibe I get right now. <laughs> wow. So you just didn't prepare. You went up and won it. And then in yeah. that two-year break between one and two, what are you doing? Are you still writing? Are you thinking about it? You know, I didn't even start writing between one and two. It was, it was between, I had a couple more times of going up after number two. Okay. Um, and I was like, okay, I need to start doing something about this. And it was shortly after that, that me and my wife were like, okay, Arizona sucks. We need to get the hell out of here. Yeah. We're going to Colorado. Mm. Um, and I had no idea that Colorado is like such a hotbed for comedy. Yeah. It's getting up there. I, I had no clue whatsoever. And, um, so I was out here for probably two years. I want to say about two years. I've been here. I've been here for four. Mm-hmm. So it was about two years ago. 
few times of my after my second time in Arizona, I started writing stuff down where I just I had this note and I would add to it. Every time I had like a little funny thought, I would add into it. Yep. Like, here's something something that's funny. Oh, this person cut me off and their car looked like shit. This person is probably rushing home to watch The Bachelor. Like it, it was is. totally random, random thoughts. And it was like, you know, I was like, just like, oh, I need to write that down. Yeah. And so like, I would literally like pull over and just, you know, type it up on my phone real yeah. fast, put my phone back down and then, then go about my Beautiful. day. Beautiful. And just doing this for years um, where <laughs> like three or not three years ago, a year ago, I finally found out that you can fill up a notepad to its maximum on and the it, phone it'll make yeah so i was doing it with google keep the okay. no keeping app okay and it was like dude you've written too much you need to convert this into a document no way <laughs> so i literally broke the note app Whoa. so now i have to do it in google docs because i have me so a little much. nervous because i've been doing it in just the iphone notes app but i don't, since I don't I was know like if it has 16 a, and i don't, I don't know. know but i've always <laughs> been worried that some of them are getting lost well, it, did, it didn't get it, nothing got lost. Uh-huh. It just told me, OK, you have to convert this into uh, like a word document. now. OK, yeah. And so I was like, oh, I didn't even know this was possible. It's kind of cool. Filled it up. <laughs> like I would show people. I'd be like, here, take a look at my list of, of just random jokes. And they're like, is there an end here? Yeah, no, <laughs> you just keep going. And I think like on a doc page, it's now like five pages worth. Nice. I was just like. It's actually it's got to be more than that, but it's just it's yeah. so many like random thoughts, stories that I'm trying to make funny and mm-hmm. whatnot. And I'm finally at the at the point now where like okay, I know that a lot of these are trash, mm-hmm. and some of them can be great. Right. I now have to start taking from this document and start moving to a separate document where there's some structure to it. That's it. Um, figuring out that structure is like the hardest part for me because I'm like so scatterbrained all the time. Yeah. <laughs> But. Yeah, we're going to get into all that, like especially how you <laughs> write, because I'm very interested in that. Um, did you tell your friends that you did stand-up immediately? So I took I took one or two friends the first time. The first time. Yeah, and they you know, they were super supportive. They were like, dude, that was great. Yeah. And I didn't know if they were lying or not, but you know, I just kind of took it at face value. And yeah. Had a good time with it. And I think, that, I think the reason that there was such a big gap between one and two is because I got like so much like positive feedback. I was like, "Oh, everybody else loves me. Mm. I don't need to keep working at this." Ah, <laughs> damn it! The lie in the head. Yeah. So I was, I just kind of was like, you know, riding that high for a, a long time, and then right. you know, it gets to another point where you're like, "Oh, I need some outside validation. <laughs> it's time to go back up on stage." And I was lucky enough to get that validation again and a couple more times. And okay. And. So your friends knew that you were doing this and you weren't like keeping it a secret at all? No, no. Because like it was, you know, it was always one of those things that I kind of just talked about like offhandedly around that around that time, like that time, like maybe a year and a half prior to it. It was been like toying with the idea of like, hey, you guys want to go to a comedy club? (laughs) I hear they, they do this thing where like people can just go up. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think like, oh, you I'm know, just throwing out this idea casually. Just throwing it out there and then like mm. like shut up, queer drink. I'm like, <laughs> All right. <laughs> you definitely are a Trump supporter. Um do you pick no, your nose? No, my friends are. My friends <laughs> are your Trump friends. supporters. Uh do you pick your nose at all? Uh I do. You do? Yeah. Do you what how do you dispose? Uh depends on where I'm at. Okay. You know? Yeah, you know, if if like if I'm driving then it's just a quick like pick and uh into the old, you know, pre-drink 
cup or whatever. Really? Yeah, you know, just I'm, I'm not taking a I'm cup not, there for him. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, if if I grabbed a monster on the way to work that uh, day or something, like, okay. and I finished it, and sure, I finished sure, the sure. drink. Let's get that out there. <laughs> I don't want to drink uh, pre-picked boogers. Hmm, Actually, a, I don't think I want to pick and flick though, because I know a lot of people that just get rid of them. You know, I mean, yeah, may like there are times that I'll pick and flick. Okay. But it's not it's not like my go-to. I'm just like. And I always, I always try to be real sly about it. Yep. I always try to make it look like, and then like go in real fast and, then, and wipe. And then you just, all right. So there's uh, Justin's boogers literally everywhere. If you look close <laughs> enough, because he's just putting them in places. It's true. It's true. Colorado Athletic Club, uh, the Denver WeWork Triangle Building, which we are at right now. Oh, and I told you that I had a funny, a funny anecdote. Oh, about please. About this, so um, one of the reasons that we're not in one of the reserved, you know, meeting areas is because we don't actually pay to be here. Oh, I see. <laughs> like one, so our CEO, he does have like a, a small office here, but we yeah. just kind of come in, we just kind of like freeload into here, <laughs> and we go to the little co-working area that you met me at. Yeah, and we just kind of like me and my buddy Jack will just hang out there, work, and come into these little booth areas and just hang out. Fascinating. And it's just you know. So we can it's get expensive. We 100% we could, but we're yeah. not going to. Uh, I have faith. I have faith too. Faith in our Lord and Savior we Jesus almost Christ. Got, I mean, shout out to him. <laughs> we almost did get kicked out though cuz right before we started there was a fucking fire drill. Thing. Yeah. That like, was that was a higher power trying to kick us out. The podcast <laughs> is so fire that it set the alarm off in the building. And it was literally minutes before we were about to start cuz we even got I think yeah. we even got the first mic test out of the way. Yep. And then I just I noticed a flashing. Yeah, then I heard this thing. <laughs> we might even have the audio. It might be there. Um, all right. Well, let's hope we don't get kicked out. Uh, what do you do for work now? Um, in in a nutshell, I sell weed. Okay. In a nutshell. <laughs> in a nutshell. So you sell I'm, it in a nutshell. No, no, no. Okay. Um, so I basically... Uh, we're a tech cannabis company who right now our main offering is like a digital marketing product. Okay. And we're in the process of branching out into many more spaces um, of cannabis uh, technology. Interesting. So. Okay. You like that job? Dude, I had no idea that it'd be something that I'd love, but wow. I do. <laughs> like, That's a beautiful thing though. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It allows a lot of freedom. I mean, I don't, I don't come here every single day and work. Yeah. I'm usually at my house. I kind of make my own hours. There's sometimes, you know, I have to meet with clients and things like that and like kind of work around that. But, you know, I'm t- typically starting at like seven and ending yeah. at three and okay. I got the rest of the day, you know, I hit the gym or Good spend hours. time with my wife and she gets home at five, like. You know, it's uh, if you would have asked me two years ago if I'd be in, in cannabis or even the digital marketing space, I would have been like, no, I'm probably going to end up selling cell phones for the rest of my life or managing people that sell cell phones for the rest of my life. And now I just I lucked out. That's awesome, man. Not a lot of people like what they do. Yeah, so that's it's cool. It is. It is a gift. I do not take it for granted. Um and I'm I'm very grateful for it. So having a job that you like, how do you, how often do you perform? How do you find time to go out and perform? Ah, uh, that's that's the age old question. So like, uh, when when the stuff that you have, the mm. pieces, the clips that you have, I yeah. was probably going up every two to three weeks. Okay. And um, now I haven't been up since my bomb. Making the decision to go out and smoke is so hard with such a diverse group of people. 
every time that somebody's a person of color or a woman, I feel like a huge asshole. I'm like, I'm just going to wait for a white dude. And this guy fucks it up by being bisexual. I'm like, God damn it! I'm never going to get a break! Oh, <laughs> how long ago was that? That was... It was right when I was I started getting sick. I actually think I got sick at the bomb. Oh no! That I had, yeah. That's what did it. Well, I, there was one guy who was like drinking Nyquil or Dayquil at his table. Whoa! And like I went outside to, uh, if my wife is listening to this, not have a cigarette. <laughs> um, and let's just, the guy was just a very close talker. Yeah. And it was after that day, you know. I just, you know, I had the, the scratchy throat. Yeah. And then I just, I felt sh- like shit for like a month and a half straight. Whoa. I just went in like three weeks ago, finally got some antibiotics. Jeez. Got it taken care of, found out I was diabetic. All this other shit's like hitting me. They're oh like, you got to get yourself healthy. So I haven't been back um, because of the bomb. So the and bomb then gave you diabetes. It, the bomb gave me diabetes. Holy shit. It, it's probably, you know, the worst story anybody's ever had. Where, where <laughs> did you perform? Um, both the clips that you have are at Rocksteady. Rocksteady. So yeah. nobody go to Rocksteady because if you bomb, you get diabetes. Yeah. No, Jeez. no. Much love, much love out to the guys at Rocksteady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. Shout out to all of them. I know they put on a great show. Well, and um, the owner of the place, Megan, and, and her husband, Megan actually runs 5280 Comedy mm-hmm. page. And so she's been she's been like a big help for everybody who does seriously um, yeah. open mics because she's compiled that amazing list for people to go and just learn where to do sets. Like I mean, I, the first time that I finally found out about um, open mics here, I found I found it through that page. Yeah, and I went to Three Kings, and God, that was a terrible choice. That was terrible. <laughs> oh God, why was that bad? Uh, I did. There, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if it's like a, at, that at a lot of the open mics around here, but like at Three Kings, and this was like two years ago. It may be very different now, uh-huh. uh, but two years ago, like nobody was there to really support everybody else, mm. and that's one thing that I've noticed, especially at um, at Rock Steady, is that people are kind of being there more to support the comedy as a whole. I mean, my thing is, I am. I'm a fan of comedy. Before I'm, I'm a performer of comedy, I'm a fan of it. Yeah. And so I will go and I will listen to everything somebody has to say. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm by no means a master joke smith or anything like that. But if I hear something that I think is really amazing, but they just need to, like, tweak this little thing. Like, there might be something that they haven't thought of. You can hear it. I'll just go over and I'll talk to them afterwards. I'm like, hey, man, I freaking loved your set. I love what you did with this, this joke here really? where you're taking it one way and then you... You know, shanked it to the left in a good way, mm. and just out of nowhere, oh, I was awesome. But here's like the one thing that I thought would would have been really cool would have been this, and so you know sometimes it can be a good thing. Sometimes it, you know the person will not take it well. Right. But I'm just I'm just such a fan of comedy. Like yeah. I have been for such a long time in my life that you know I go and I just try to support. Like if somebody even like gives me a little bit of a chuckle, I kind of I'll, I'll yuck it up a little bit for them yeah. because like it's hard up there. Yeah. Like, especially if you're fresh and you haven't been up before, um, to yeah, go up there and, like, you know, put all of yourself into what you're saying up there and to get nothing kind of sucks. But sometimes you need that. But then sometimes you need to know, okay, there is something there. I need, right. to, I need to figure out, you know, how I can make it better or, you know, things like that. And I, that's what I think, like, that's where I think that I give the most back to comedy. Wow. Is that I... I give that that listening ear that there's not a lot of but i think it's getting i think it's getting better yeah uh, at least in the you know the difference between you know 
the last six months and two years before that. That's awesome. I'm, maybe I should throw some jokes by you then. Cause I'm just, I'm really starting to learn how to write in a in a way that I'm feeling comfortable. Like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. If I see yeah. you, I'll throw some. At yeah, you. yeah. Uh, when's the last time you cried? The last time I cried. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was right after I found out I was diabetic. <laughs> and I, I got I. Well, it wasn't official. I hadn't been officially diagnosed, but like I got my blood test results on yeah. the Kaiser Permanente app, ah. and I looked up my numbers, and I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Those are really high. Wow. And so I got obliteratedly drunk. I wasn't on my medication yet, so I didn't die. Oh, <laughs> so that's thank good. Goodness. But I got really freaking drunk, and I told my wife, I was like, uh, I need you to kind of be on this, like, this this trip with me whatever you want to call it yeah um because you know i'm scared like i was scared like that's I, awful yeah you know, my my grandpa on my mom's side never met the guy he's a total asshole but died at like i want to say died at like somewhere between 37 and 35 holy shit and you know i'm 30 now yeah and I'm, i i don't want it to be over in five or seven years Whoa. i want to at least make it to like you know a solid 55 at least <laughs> and so so it was you know that got me and like i i'm not like an, a hard crier like it's not hard to make me cry like once i was oh I, so we were talking earlier i'm a huge fan of movies yeah and i'll cry in movies that make no sense to cry at like i was watching um Ford versus Ferrari uh-huh. in, uh, a couple months ago in theaters. Yeah. And I'm watching this race. I'm not a race fan. I'm not a car <laughs> guy. But, like, there's just something about this race that, that's happening. I'm just like, why am I crying right now? This, this moment's beautiful. And, it, wow. it, like, it wasn't a part of the movie where you're ex- where they were trying to make somebody cry. Yeah. I was just like, this cinematography you're is so crier. beautiful. That's, that's amazing, though, because I have such a hard time crying. I think it's I think it's part of like my gentle giant like nature. Yeah. Because like, I'm I'm a huge dude. Like yeah. I'm a I'm a three hundred and uh two weeks ago I was three hundred and ninety pounds and now I am uh three hundred and seventy eight. So I'm uh, starting to make my way down. Nice. But I'm I've always been a big dude and you know, it's always just kind of been like, you know, I've always been the big teddy bear. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, it 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 trickles into crying during movies and you're not That's supposed to wild. cry. Then. Like you strike me as the guy that I would want as my bodyguard, but also like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do. I do know some stuff. I can. I yeah. can keep people safe. Um, wow. I used to do some bouncing back in the day. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, yeah. You bounced. Yeah, I bounced. I mostly like special events and things like that. But whoa. Yeah, you know, every now and then, just you know, get a couple extra hundred bucks for a night. Nice, dude. It's the equivalent of stripping. <laughs> Basically, right? Yeah, helping you through community college. Exactly. Um, what do you think is the best joke that you have ever written? Ah, I don't think I've written it yet. No, <laughs> I don't think I've written it yet. Um, no, that's a, that's a two, that's a cop out. I think that my the best joke I've ever written just is, your favorite to date. I really I really liked my Trump joke. Yeah, like with that Trump joke, like I I jumped the fence like three times on yeah. whether I'm like pro Trump or anti Trump. Yeah, like I jump it three times, and it's so funny because I'll, I'll get people on my side at one point, and then I t- <laughs> I totally get them to hate me, and then I get them back on my side, and I totally get them to hate me, and it's it it's really fun. Yeah, um, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. I know that it's like saying a Trump joke is kind of like it's kind of like for lack of a better word, the Trump card. Sure, sure. <laughs> but nice. it's 
it's so much fun and i haven't i haven't found another joke that's been able to let me do that as like i hate sounding like pretentious when i say this but as an artist yeah to, to get people against me and then get them on my side and then get them against yeah, me and back on and my side again like that yeah so I've heard a lot of professional comedians talk, and some of them will say the best compliment that you can give a comedian as a comedian is, I wish I would have thought of that. Is there any joke that you've seen another comedian that you're like, I wish that one was better? Oh, so there was a guy. This was this was in that two-year-ago area when I was going to, like, Three Kings. and mm-hmm. There was a guy. I don't remember who it is. If yeah. you're listening to this, all, all credit to you. Okay. But it was, it was when, like... Sorry, I had a lot of coffee. No, today. you're fine. Okay, let, me, you're let, me, right. let me freshen up my my mouth with some some fruit water. Got water as well, if you need it. It's very cold. Uh, um, but there's a guy who had this joke. It was when escape rooms like really started popping off, mm-hmm. and you know every 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 outing for a company or you know group of friends was doing an escape room, and this guy's talking about it and. Like the end of the joke is that it he's in the back of a police car, <laughs> and I can't I can't remember like all the nuances about it, but it's just the idea of treating being in the back of a police car like as an escape like room, an escape like room. it. That's very. It clever. made me laugh for hours, and that was one of those moments where I had to go. Like it, there was one thing that was like off about it, uh-huh. and I was like, "There's something. There's something right here that needs to be tweaked." But other than that. Really? You made me laugh so damn hard. You wish that one was yours. Oh, dude, I wish that one was mine was so bad. Was that here in Denver that you just saw? That was, guy? yeah, that was. It was here in Denver. It was like two years ago at really? Three Kings. So, so if you're listening to yeah, this, any comedian, out mystery there, man, please. <laughs> yeah, I would love to know. I'd love to get the audio of that. Yeah. Oh man, it was so good, and I'm sure he only made it better after that point. Yeah. Because I don't. I, there's no way that I was the only person who went and told him, dude, that is that's hilarious. Yeah. There's no because way. it was so good, and like I had my buddy with me who's not like the hugest, hugest, the biggest fan ah. of comedy, and he was like, that's genius. Wow. And it was just out of, out of this guy. It would, like, I'd, I'd never seen him since, I don't think. What did he look like? Do you remember? <sighs> I want to say he looked like a super drunk guy, mm. which we see a lot of those at open mics. Yeah, that doesn't... <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't really narrow anything specific. down. <laughs> but Mystery Man, if you if you hear this... Yeah, please. Oh my uh, God, reach out to amazing. Dano. Get on the please get on a Comedian Ordinaire. Um, what is the biggest regret in your entire life? bit of a loaded one not doing comedy at like a really young age really like i see these kids like on on stupid tv shows mind you like america's got talent and things like that of these kids just getting out there and they're doing the damn like i was watching america's got talent with my wife and I could blame it on her that I was watching that, but I watch it for me. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I like trash TV every now and then. Sure. But, I mean, there's this kid who, like, he's nine years old, or seven or nine, I don't remember off the top of my head, but okay. he just he just roasts people, and he's, ah. he's a little hilarious little kid. And I was like, man, like, if, if I would have, like, signed up for the, for the talent show when I was 10 years old, and, like, even if I just stole, like, Billingville jokes and told them on stage, like, even just to get that, that, yeah. that, that presence on stage, like, get that 
earlier in life because I've always been, you know, the one of my friends that's just cracking jokes all the time. Yeah. But to do it on a stage and get that comfort early because, I mean, I'm definitely more comfortable now on stage than, than I was you know, as a teenager and things like that, but yeah. still not, it's still not like second nature to me or anything right. like that. Like I still, I still hold like the comedy works in so much reverence that I won't even call and put my name on the, yeah, dude, I'm on the, the exact list. same way because it's, it's, I mean, that's, that's like, that's the comedy store of the Midwest. Yeah, essentially say, that to me is like the Mecca of Denver. Like yeah. I have a five minute set at Denver distillery. I'm not ready for <laughs> that stage. Yeah. Okay. So you just wish you would have started a little bit earlier. Yeah. Just to really, really get down that commanding presence yeah yeah all right um what's your favorite street joke like joke joke oh um what's the one a priest and a rabbi (laughs) i already love this setup like a priest and a rabbi (laughs) are walking down the street the priest says you want to fuck a kid and the rabbi goes for how much (laughs) Or out of how much, or something to that effect. <laughs> like, okay, that's well, well said. <laughs> I just heard one the other day that was like, uh, "All right, it's a little bit crude, but basically, this guy's having sex with his wife. She can't orgasm, and he calls the doctor. He's like, hey, I think something's wrong with my wife.' And the doctor's like, "Well, sometimes when women get too hot, they can't finish.' He's like, so maybe get a friend to like waft the towel over you guys the next time you have sex. He calls his friend up." His friend Nick answers the phone. He's like, yeah, all right, I'll do it. So he comes over the next night, and first guy is having sex with his wife. His friend is wafting the towel. Nothing happens. So he goes, all right, how about we switch places? His friend gets in there. Within two minutes, his wife orgasms, right? And he goes, see, that's how you waft a fucking towel. <laughs> I've heard that one before. I love that. That's a good so one. Much. That's a good one. Definitely crude. Very, Definitely yeah, crude. a little bit crude. <laughs> I just wish I, yeah, I wish I would have thought of that. Yeah. Honestly, um, what's something the world would be better without? <sighs> Meaningless hatred. Mm. I'm all for like regular hatred, but <laughs> when it has no purpose, <laughs> like if it's nobody that actually screwed you over right. or like was like a total a <laughs> hole to you or something like that, like, like. I'm I'm all for hating people for their merits, for the things that they have actually done to me. I will never hate somebody because of their ethnicity, their race, their creed, their religion, their height, their color of eyes, their color yeah. of skin, like nothing like that. But as soon as you're a dick, mm. then I will hate you. Yeah. But, but I don't think there's any need for just meaningless hatred. And you see a lot of that? I think we I think everybody sees a lot of that. I mean yeah. just the fact that Racism is still a thing is is really obnoxious. I mean, mm. I don't I don't face it. I mean, right. As you can see by my picture, I'm a white male. Right. <laughs> like, I've never had to face it, but the fact that other people do, it's just it's really shitty. Like like I said, people should be hated on their merits, not on something they can't that. control. You're like, I'm all for hatred. I get it. <laughs> um, so how do you come up with jokes specifically? Oh, dude, it's it'll be Something like, like I was mentioning earlier, something as simple as driving down the road and a really shitty car just cuts me off. Mm-hmm. And I just go thinking, I'm like, what, what is this person in, in a hurry for? And I'll just, I'll make up a story kind of. And so like, I, like one of the earliest jokes I ever like actually wrote down was people, people who are terrible drivers usually have like 
the least important places to be. Mm, <laughs> it's awesome. like they, they're putting themselves in danger because they're not that important <laughs> and they don't care. <laughs> and, you know, I try to I try to just, you know, very observational comedy okay. what, that, you know, as soon as you hear it, you go, oh, that. Yeah, that is true. A little bit really Nancy Nancy is always driving like a crazy person and she has no family. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you get this idea. How do you craft that into a, a joke? <sighs> That's the question, isn't it? That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm still kind of at that at that level where I just kind of have to take that base idea. Okay. And I'll think about it. I'll literally just sit and I'll look at it and I'll try to like rewrite it in different ways. Um, you know, cause that, that initially started as asshole crappy car cut mm. in front of me. Oh wow. And so then I go asshole car cut in front of me. Why, why, why? And so like, I kind of mm. just think about it more and more mm-hmm. and then I'll finally get, you know, Oh, well, you know, they had to go watch The Bachelor tonight because it's Monday. So everybody knows that Monday, Monday night is Bachelor night. Mm. <laughs> so it's it's little things like that. Like it's, you know, I, yeah. it just, I, I would just say like a lot of thought, like I just, a, a lot of thought, a lot of nothing happening in my brain yeah. and just trying to figure out how this little quick thought that I knew, I knew at the time was funny enough to write down where was the initial comedy in it. And if there is real comedy in it, where do I take that? And yeah. now I'm in the process of now that I've had I have these these jokes formed. Mm-hmm. Now it's all about making them go together. Yeah, which that's is the, that's the hardest part. Yeah, like where I'm like talking about Trump, you know, doing my my fence jump left right. Yeah, and then being like, so I'm at the gym. Exactly, dude. <laughs> it's I've like, how do I how do I make that jump? Just out of the window. If I'm being honest, I'm just like, it's too complicated to try <laughs> to figure out how to mesh them together. Yeah. And there's something a little bit funny about yeah, like yeah. So I went to the gym. Anyway, so Nick can't have sex with his wife. <laughs> the lack of segue is almost funny in itself, I think. But I think that's almost like a gimmick that can get old. Yeah, maybe you're right. I think I think you got to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, you're probably. It's like right. uh. I don't remember what I, what I heard the song, but it's like, an ant can carry twice its weight, but root beer floats are still delicious. I don't know what these things have to do with each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. right. Yeah. I think it's just like everything else. Like variety is going to be the key to like success with it. Mm. I mean, this is coming from an unsuccessful, you know, quote unquote unsuccessful comedian. So. (laughs) Okay. But any advice matters, I think. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think everybody's got something to share. (laughs) Like now, what's your preparation process like before a mic? Um, well, like I was talking before, usually it was getting a few drinks in me. Ah. Um, now it's just, I, I kind of like to go in having an idea of my structure mm. and I'll, uh, I'll kind of be looking over my, my quote unquote set list, like in between comics and things like that. Like if somebody isn't grasping me right away, I'll kind of be a bad, bad audience member and I'll just kind of like go over my notes a little bit. Sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's one thing that I do have to figure out is like how to go on stage pretty much completely sober. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a weird one. And that's one thing that I've, that I probably need to pick your brain about cause you don't drink. I don't drink at all. And when did you realize that you weren't going to drink? Oh man, pretty early on. Alcohol always scared me as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was just right. Ra- we were raised by a single mom. She just never kept it around. So anytime okay. I would see it, I just have negative associations. 
I, I also raised by a single mom. Nice. Uh, started drinking when I was 15. Damn, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I mean it's you know small town Arizona. There's right. You play sports or you drink, and I played football, so that means I had nine other months to just drink alcohol. So it was a part of your <laughs> life, though. Oh yeah. Time. Oh yeah. See, like, that is complicated. Just like all of a sudden, now you got to get rid of it. Well, to be fair, I mean, since I got married, the drinking definitely took a like it took a backseat uh, by a long, a long ways. Okay. Uh, before I got married, it was you know I had bottles in my in my bedroom that I'd, I'd wake up, I'd start, I'd go to bed, <laughs> I'd be drinking. Like I was drinking a lot before I got married. Um, but when I got married, I really slowed it down. It really just became like one of those things where. You know, every three months, I'll just fucking go hard in the paint. Sure. <laughs> That's, and now it's just, okay, I can't do that. I just have to figure a different way to let it all out. Like, do you smoke it all, though? <laughs> um, I used, uh, are you talking about marijuana? Marijuana. Or, uh, I do. Yeah. I, um, it's a perk of working with so many dispensaries. Yeah. I get a lot of good product. Um, can't you just go no alcohol, sub marijuana? It's a different thing. It's, different. it's it, 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 like, so I was such a late bloomer when it came to marijuana. Um, I didn't even learn how to talk while high until like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just one of those people that I just like clamp up and I'd, I'd be like really chuckly. Yeah. But like, I, I couldn't say anything. So now how do you do it? Like, what's, what's your way to talk while you're high? Um... I just, I, I just, whatever stupid thought comes in my mind, I just say it. Like, say it. I just have no filter now. My wife hates it. She's like, you're <laughs> such an idiot when you're high. You should go back to being quiet. <laughs> I was like, you're not wrong. Shout out to her. Oh, she's a saint. She puts up with me. Um, so how do your parents feel about comedy? Um, so, I mean, it's. My mom likes comedy, but she doesn't like dirty comedy. And that's all I have. Yeah. Really, yeah. Like, for the most part, like, I, she, so my mom is Mormon, mm-hmm. and I was raised by my mom. So I was Mormon up until I was about 18. And not, well, obviously not, because 15 I started drinking. Mormons don't drink, in case you don't know. I, yeah, I know very little <clears throat> about the Mormons. So they don't drink, they don't smoke. Okay. Um, I started drinking and smoking when I was 15. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I kind of fell away like from the whole religious thing around that time of being like 15. Mm. Uh, at 19, I was living in Utah. One of my roommates was really Mormon, so I like kind of quit drinking, quit smoking, and like got really into the religion again. And then went back to my hometown in Arizona and was like, oh, that's right. Smoking and drinking is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. and so I stopped that. I, I had... Uh, an interesting relationship with what some people call God at that time. Ah. Um, now I'm agnostic, so that was a yeah. really bad breakup. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that must have been rough. I was like, I don't even believe in you. Jeez. But I noticed this pattern with you that you got these these habits, these lifelong habits that all of a sudden you kind of throw out the window. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a tough way to go about things. Yeah, it's it's not easy. And I, I think it, a part of it is that I've always kind of taken the road less traveled, mm. which is you know it's like well let's let's pick up this real bad habit and let's try to get rid of it. Fifteen years down you the line, pick it up. You're like let's just do it. <laughs> and so I think I think like maybe my my habit from an early age was not being this you know outgoing person. Like I was telling you when I was yeah. much younger, I wasn't an outgoing person, and then I had to like thrust it upon myself. I like I I look at myself as like an inverted uh, an inverted 
extrovert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, we're like, I can I can live my entire life in like my you know sixty four square foot room if I needed to. Yeah. Um, but I can also go out to a club, a bar, or whatever, and just like make friends instantly. Damn. It's uh, it's kind of a gift and a curse. Yeah, seriously. Because like. If I if I have that exposure to like a lot of people for a long period of time, my body like not my body but like maybe my mind or my mm-hmm. soul whatever you want to call it just get, like gets addicted to that energy of being around so many people and then like when it ends, there's like this huge crash. Whoa. I don't know how to explain it. Like it's it's almost like it's almost like I'm addicted to people in a sense hmm. that like when it's gone, I start getting withdrawals and like, it's really weird. Do you like talk like, to the mirror to get over it? No. I mean, I, I, I learned apparently not everybody has an internal dialogue. Yeah. Oh, and I have I a, literally I have just a found huge that out this internal dialogue. I mean, that's probably why we were talking earlier. You asked me what my favorite TV show was of all yeah. time. I said scrubs. Never heard that answer by the it's, way. I've I mean, asked that 1000 <laughs> times. Never heard that. Scrubs is it. It's, I think for for somebody who has like a very imaginative inner monologue, I think that it like speaks more than to other people, and maybe I'm just like the one in a million or whatever. Is that because the oh, it's kind of narrated right by the monologue? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's there's, right. there's a constant inner monologue, yeah. and it's not only are you hearing it, but you're seeing it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's I think it's genius. If you haven't given it a true shot, I'm telling you, seasons one through eight, amazing. Season nine just. Throw it in a fire and let it die. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's insane, man. Um, have you ever been in a fight, like a fist fight? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, none since I've been... I don't think I've had one since I've been 22. Mm. It may even be earlier than that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I you had... Win? I never lost a fight. I never lost a fight. The closest I came, um, I got hit um, against both sides of my head right here. I still can feel the scars uh, with brass knuckles. Oh. But that fight still ended with me, like, punching a guy's teeth through his lip. This was, I was 17, 16 at the time. God damn. But those brass knuckles are the reason why my hairline started going all weird and wonky. So I got this, like, widow's peak thing going on. Because of those knuckles. Yep. There's there's scars right here and a little lesser, but right here on this side. Damn, dude. <laughs> but yeah, I got in a lot of fights when I was younger. Like I, you know, any any kid of divorce who just didn't really know who he was. Like I, I didn't know who I was until shit. Maybe like I, who knows? Last I don't week, even know dude, if I do yeah, know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, I I I definitely have a better idea now of who I am than I ever did when I was younger. Do you have siblings? No. Mm. Uh, well, yes and no. Uh, my uncle and my aunt are very close in age to me. Oh. Uh, my aunt is two years older than me, and my uncle is five years older than me. Okay. And so, like, we've always been really, really close. We're kind of, like, raised together. I was going to say, you grew up like, together. Yeah, my my mom was going to school and things like that, and so, like, my grandma would take care of me, and so I'd be hanging out with my uncle and my aunt. And so, like, when we were going to the same high school, it kind of just became to the point where we just said that we were <laughs> brothers Whoa. and sisters. Okay. It was just easier that way. But you never felt like an only child. No, I, I I think I felt it like when I was much younger, but not like after the age of like ten. Right. You know? So for the most part. Um, and now what's the what's the goal for you in comedy? Oh man, 
Well, my, my goal goal is to continue doing what I love for work right now. Okay. Until we get an early exit, I get $5 million, and I can take <laughs> that, put it in the bank, and all I do from then on is I live off the interest, yeah. and I go to open mics every night of the week. That'd be beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. What a, what a life. That's that's my goal. So we're, we're aiming for uh, an evaluation of like $195 million for... 2022 so hopefully by then we get bought and i get to <laughs> live out my dream <laughs> so how what part do you play in this company did you help start it um i was in it a very a very early period so i, I came in a year in okay and so i basically handle the backside of what we do mm. as a marketing company as a technology company i do the stuff on the backside. i don't do like coding or anything like that but i just kind of make sure that when we say that we're going to develop, deliver more people into the dispensary doors, I make sure that they show up. <laughs> Interesting. That's fucking sick, dude. So every time I go to the dispensary, I use my phone. <laughs> I need a job from you. That's awesome. Hey, if, uh, if you got any sales experience, we are hiring. I have no sales experience, <laughs> although I've been in customer service for four years. This has turned into a job interview. This. This <laughs> well, tell me about the last time you cried. <laughs> last time I cried? Oh, my God, dude. Uh, I watched Wally last week. That makes you cry. Yeah. Wally. I've Wally. never actually watched Wally all the way through. Oh, dude, if you're a crier at movies, <laughs> yeah. oh my Wally's, God. Wally's going to do it. I got yeah. Disney Plus, so I could. I had to call my dog could, in the room. I was like, I need some sort of affection. I need comfort, dude. It was so brutal. And then a week before that, when Kobe died. And then before that, when I was born, maybe. <laughs> like, I'm just not. I don't cry a lot. Um. R.I.P. Kobe. R.I.P. Kobe. Let's not. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean it. Didn't mean it. Didn't mean to do that. But hey, Michael Jordan's still alive. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at. I'm just looking at. Oh wait, you're not a fan? I mean, I like that picture. Okay. Because it's cool. Okay. And it, you know, it's pretty cool the way you have it set up. It's he's holding he's the holding apple. The apple. <laughs> he's about to dunk it. He's talking about the logo on the computer. Um, what's the best comedic advice that you've ever heard? Ah, <sighs> just get up. Just get up. Just get up. Go. Do it. Like, just do it. Like, hmm. I, I've been, uh, I've always like tried to to befriend comedians like through the the social media age that we live in. Yeah. And that's that's something that like I talk to Steve Simone um, pretty regularly. Mark Ellis is another one that's like it's like really been nice to me, like yeah. a, a complete stranger on the internet, and just just you know said that just get up and do it do it every chance you get wow and i'm i'm a terrible listener sure <laughs> yeah but but it's still the best because if if i didn't listen to it the first time i, I just would have never done it mm. and uh it's definitely like since getting these like these ideas and like actually writing them down it's also it's also a form of therapy yeah, you know I mean, right. like you're you're really getting in, like you're finding, like you're finding out what you think is funny, mm -hmm. and how that tr how that like relates to other people. Yeah. Um, sometimes it doesn't at all, and you look like a weirdo on stage. It happens all the time, <laughs> dude. I get that. Like two out of ten, my ten lands. So I, yeah. Um, that's all those questions that I have. I like to end every podcast by asking a bunch of rapid fire questions. Okay. So just answer the best of your ability. First thing that comes to mind. Uh, what's your favorite color? Uh, blue. Do you believe in ghosts? No. What's your biggest fear? Not being remembered. What's something you're never wrong about? 
usually I'm always like, oh, that guy was in that movie, and his name is this. <laughs> Who's your best friend? Uh, my buddy from high school, Nathan. Shout out, Nathan. Uh, do you have any talents besides comedy? Uh, I don't even know how to call that a, a talent, but uh, I could burp. The, I haven't done it in a long time, but I could burp the alphabet A to Z in like two burps. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you recommend? Um, I recommend everybody watching Scrubs. Oh, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Uh, what animal would you like to be reincarnated as? Um, probably a lion. They don't want for a lot of things. <laughs> uh, fill in the blank. Say what you want about racism, but... It's stupid. It is pretty stupid. <laughs> You're right. Uh, what's the most expensive material item you own? Uh, probably my laptop. <laughs> All right. What's your pin number? <laughs> five, 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 five. Um, are you addicted to anything? Uh... Probably still a little addicted to, to booze, but in a lesser, like, it's not something that I can, like, totally quit, but I don't need it. You know nice. what I mean? Like, I don't I don't have to have a drink every night, but so I pro- probably have a little bit of an addiction to alcohol. Uh, a couple more. If you were in a competitive food eating competition, what food would give you the best advantage? Um, pie. <laughs> Just any pie? Pecan? Uh, a berry pie. A berry pie. <laughs> and last but not least, my name is Justin and I am... A struggling comedian. struggling comedian. <laughs> Justin, thank you for doing this, man. Thank you for just talking this entire time. It's been yeah, awesome. man. Thanks, thanks for coming out and joining me here in downtown Denver in this building that I don't technically work at. And we are being asked to leave right now, <laughs> so perfect time to end it. Thanks, man. Thank you. And there you have it. That was Justin Latham, everybody. Holy shit, man. Huge shout out to Justin. Thank you for helping me out. Um, And I would just like to put this out there as well. I have included audio of him quote unquote bombing an open mic. I just want to say that Justin was kind enough to, first of all, let me see or hear the audio. And then I asked him if it would be okay if I included it. Not to make him look bad or anything like that, but a lot of a lot of comedians go through that exact same thing where, you know, you go up with material that you practice and that you believe in, and then it just doesn't land. And I think it's one of the most relatable things that any comedian, um, you know, can talk about. And Justin was nice enough and also brave enough to give me the audio and be like, you know what, fuck them, we ball, let's put it in there. And that is the only reason that bomb clip is in there. Um, would like to make that very clear, you know. And if anybody has listened to any of my own solo podcasts, where I include my own stand-up, you've heard a lot of my own bombs, too. Like, again, this is just a documentation of the journey. This is how to become a comedian, and we're all in this race together. And, yeah, man, just huge props to Justin for sending that over and letting us use that in uh, in this podcast. So... Again, not trying to make you look bad, man, and I really appreciate you. I think it was cool as hell, so. But, but wow, what a, what a fantastic interview. Other, otherwise, right? Because um, I guess that audio can be a little bit painful at times to revisit, but it's, it's very much a part of it, man. And Whatever, we talked about it a little bit. I'm not going to reiterate it here, but 
just another huge shout out to Justin. Thanks for sitting down and talking with me for an hour. This is a person who I feel like I could just literally ask anything and we could have like a five, ten minute conversation about it. So um, I, I don't know. I can't wait to see you around town and see you at some mics and we can do this again, do a part two. Um, man, and best of luck with everything, honestly. You're just uh, you're a good person and you got good things coming to you, man. You know, the nicer you are to people, I believe that it comes back to you. Um, but if you would like to support the podcast, Again, we've already talked about it. You can do so by kidnapping a family, starting an ad campaign, getting a tattoo. You could do that. You could do all those things. The most importantly, you can tell a friend. Tell a friend that you listen to this podcast um, and tell them that you like it. And whether or not they believe you is up to them, but you have to make a case for it. Uh, that's, that's definitely the best way to support this pod. And as always, all questions, comments, queries, and concerns are welcome at ComedianOrdinaire at gmail.com. Yeah, it's going to be a Gmail until I get my own company, so let's utilize it while it's here. I feel like I've uh, said this over and over. And you know what? Look out for next week's episode. Going to do something a little bit different. I'm hoping to, you know, whenever I do a solo podcast, I break down my own jokes and why I think they work or didn't work. I'm going to try to do this for professional touring comedians, some of my favorite ones. I'm just going to sort of showcase some jokes and break them down and try to figure out why they're funny. Anyways, I will I will have that out next week, but in the meantime, enjoy 40 episodes because holy shit, man, that's that's pretty cool to do 40 of them. You know, there was a period where I was taking two weeks off at a time and I don't know if we're going to get to 55 or 56 within a year. I'm trying to. I'm going to try to do that because I'd like to have one for each week technically. But I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, thank you for listening. Thanks again, Justin. You're the shit. And we'll see you next week. All right. Just do a sound check really quick. Um What's your favorite color? Uh, magenta. Or, sorry, favorite color person? Uh, I'd, I'd say like um, a, a light brown. A light brown. A light brown. All right, not biased at all. <laughs>